guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you just don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. We're super excited to be hanging out with you guys today. First of all, we wanted to welcome back one of the, our, actually our very first guest from the podcast. She Woo. has recently gotten married, so her name changed from Amber Hukari to Amber D'Ambrosio. Welcome, Amber, to Better. Hi, guys. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm super excited to be back again. Woohoo. Yeah, us too. Yeah, same. Let's jump into our intro question for today. So, Giselle, is there one font that you absolutely refuse to use and why? Ah, <laughs> one font. I think I wrote this question, by the way, and... I had an idea of what kind of font I was thinking of, and now I don't remember. So I'm just going to say papyrus. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great one. That is a great one. (laughs) Yeah, it's just it has too much of a reputation now that I'm like, I just can't do it. It's not even like a personal thing anymore. It's just like everything that I've heard. It's brainwashed me into not using papyrus. (laughs) I love it. Amber, how about you? Um, Literally anything that is a stock Microsoft Office font. Like, I don't care what font it is. (laughs) If it's Arial, Times New Roman, whatever, I literally don't care. I won't use it. I have a funny little story about my like old days when I wasn't doing this. So I used to work at Disneyland and there was actually a cafe in the back, like the back area where all the cast members would go. And it was a cafe on the like the west side of the park. So like kind of behind like Adventureland and all of that type of stuff in New Orleans. And there was a sign that was in the park like that was at the cafe or at the cafeteria that we would go and eat at and it was literally the signage of this of this like very expensive building that they made was a Microsoft Office font and I was like you are literally the Walt Disney Company and you're using a stock font from Microsoft Office I just can't and it is like Uh. scarred me ever since and just like no Oh my goodness. I love when oh, yeah. I love looking at those memes um like on Instagram or wherever where it's like road signs that are made out of these like horrible fonts that's either like you can't <laughs> read it or it's like so stock that you're like oh you let's just shudder a little bit. <laughs> With that being said, uh hobo sans or hobo whatever it is. I know that's that's the font that I just refuse to use. I think it is so ugly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is a home for this font somewhere. It's like this it's a really weird looking font. Like just y'all Google it. It's very funky. It is. It's very, it's very 70s funky. And I'm so, I'm sure there's a place for it, but like it's, that place is not my style. So if yeah. you like to use hobo, no judgment. I am not a fan. <laughs> the place for it is in the 70s where it originated from. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I've used a similar font to hobo for a 70s inspired brand. So I'm like, okay, I feel good about that use. <laughs> yes. See, there's, that's where you use hobo. I don't. And <laughs> Amber, like what you were saying about Microsoft, that's exactly why I asked that question. Now I remember because I, my first job, like as outside of being on campus as a designer, my first like quote unquote real job as a designer, we were only limited to the fonts that were allowed in this e-learning software that I was using. I can't even remember the name of that software anymore, but 
they only had those Microsoft fonts and I hated them. I like, I think I would always just use like trebuchet or something like that. Something that like looked as close to Futura as possible. <laughs> yeah. But I was just, uh, it reminds me of those times where I'm like, everything was so limited, like everything was so corporate and boring and it just was not exciting at all. Yes. Yes. Love it. Oh, so good. So good to get that stuff off our chest. You know, everyone is hot. <laughs> I think that might be our question on the Facebook group for this week. What is your least favorite font? We talk about our favorite yeah. font time, but like, <laughs> okay. So Amber, we are here to talk about rebranding yourself. And so I just wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of refresh our listeners on who you are. Tell us all about your studio. Tell us, you know, anything that has changed um, since you last spoke spoke with us and just in terms of kind of like where you're at with your business. Awesome. Okay. Um, so the last time I chatted with you guys, I was Amber Hukari Creative. I know, super original. It's kind of just what everyone ends up doing. I th- I feel like that's just kind of the the end all be all. Like people will go and do the first name, first name, last name, design studio. It, I feel like it's kind of the the answer when someone's first starting out because And I know that you guys both kind of have come across this as well. It's so easy to design and like go through brand strategy for someone else. But when you're doing it for yourself, you're just kind of like, what can I get on the page right now to just get it done? And that's just kind of what it is. And then so when I started Amber Hukari Creative, I had originally started out like obviously going and getting clients through Upwork and people were wanting to go and see a website that kind of had examples of my work. And I I had noticed obviously like as I was going and building websites and doing stuff for other people, I would go and send them the links to those sites and things would have changed, like things have changed. Mm. And so it was really difficult to send links of my past work when, when I go and send a link six, six months or seven months down the road, it looks completely different. I'm like, "Mm, I really don't want to be doing that. So at the time it was just easy. Amber Hukari creative. It's what I did. And that was that. So over Mm -hmm. the past like few years, I've really been going and taking time to really define my brand. And it's taken a very long time to get here and everything. And 111 Creative Studios was kind of the culmination of what I just like what I came up with for myself. So little fun backstory. So 111 is actually my wedding anniversary. When we got married, and I changed my name, I felt really strongly about not having Amber Hukari in the name of my business anymore, because I'm not Amber Hukari anymore. I'm Amber D'Ambrosio now. And I really wanted to go and kind of honor that and stuff. So the 111, that's actually our anniversary. We got married on we actually got legally married on 111.19 right after the fires and everything like that um, that happened in Malibu and stuff. We just kind of didn't want to wait. And then we had our actual wedding ceremony a year later on the exact date. And then fun things about 11. 11 has always kind of been like my lucky number. It was my number in soccer. It was my number in softball. It has always just kind of been one of those like kind of miracle numbers or lucky numbers that have always just been my number. So when I started going and doing the the rebrand 111 just immediately popped out and it was like it was meant to be so the domain was available the Instagram handle was available just kind of all of those things and so I just kind of jumped on it was like yep this is what it's gonna be this is what I want to happen great a big reason for also wanting to go and do the rebrand is because I really wanted to go and start kind of diversifying some of the things that I offer I found that 
I've been getting a lot more clients that have been asking for like one-on-one consultations where it's like they'll go through the brand process, they'll go through the web design process, and then they want some help with like social media strategy or they'll want to go if they're a local client, they want to go and have help with like brand photos and stuff like that. So I've started kind of diversifying some of my offerings so that it's just a more all-encompassing branding experience so that it's not just branding and web design. But if they are a local client, um, as of right now, I'm only doing local clients who don't particularly want to fly anywhere, you know, coronavirus and stuff, (laughs) to be going and taking pictures of random people and like having to get on dirty planes and stuff like that. No, thank you. But just kind of going and offering some of those additional services that just kind of complement the branding and web experience that I had already kind of streamlined and everything. So and I also want to be able to grow a team. Right now I have a couple contractors that work under me, but I really wanted to be able to go and have something that doesn't have my name in it so that it just gives a lot more flexibility and freedom and creativity. And it doesn't feel so regimented anymore. Does that make sense? It does. I love the name, first of all. And congratulations on your wedding. It looks so beautiful. And I really feel the same way as Wander Design Co. I started off as Giselle Fernandez Design. That was before I was married and very far from being married at the time. (laughs) And I... Like thought one day, you know, if I want to scale and have my own studio and have designers working with me and all this stuff, I should not be working under my name anymore. And since then, it was kind of like a hunch feeling. I didn't really have like legit reasons to do that. But I created that DBA. And since I've gotten married, I've had designers working with me, I've gotten tons of new clients. And it's been such an easy process to just scale and like add in more designers, add in other people. And like the clients are are kind of already aware that it's not just me. I love that. I mean, like I, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of pivoting, rebranding, getting a new name because I, I am beginning to start to work with contractors. And just from an email address standpoint, it's like someone else's name at jendavisdesign.com just doesn't sound right. You know, like it sounds way cooler to have like so-and-so at Wonder Design Co. You know, like it's just not as confusing because like it's not always going to be me doing the work. It might be me facing the client and doing the interaction. But you mentioned that it's taking quite a long time because the initial thing you want to do is like, get this off my to-do list. I need to make a logo, like whatever, slap it on. Like, So I would love to know kind of what the process looked like for you in terms of design. Naming, I love the name. It's I love that it's so personal to you. But like, did you take yourself through your own process? What was that like? What were the refinements like? Where are you at um, in terms of the visuals? And also scheduling too. Like I think a lot of people have a hard time scheduling their own branding and like work when they're like, well, always prioritize the client work overall. So I came up with a name at the end of last year. And this was after like, like I said, years and years of wanting to change it, wanting to have something that really went and kind of represented where I wanted to go. It was actually my wife who kind of pushed me in the direction of changing it. I think she was just kind of a little bummed that it still said like Amber Kari. And she's just like, I really want like, (laughs) like, would that be the worst thing if you had like a personal Instagram that has like stuff that has to do with us and like out like our like personal life and all of that things and then like kind of separate it so that it doesn't say Amber Kari. And I was like, no, like, honestly, that isn't the worst thing. And it's something I have wanted to do. And what was really nice 
I mean, right after the wedding and everything like that, like I took that, I basically, I essentially took the entire month of January off. I actually got very sick after my wedding. And so I was just kind of homebound and didn't really have a lot of client work at the time. I purposely scheduled that downtime and it just kind of worked out that it ended up like the designs just kind of came, like flew from me. It was like they've been trapped in my brain <laughs> for years and years and years, and they were just itching to get out. I actually sent Giselle my new website. Um, fun fact, it will officially launch the day that this podcast comes out. So I'm very excited about that. I really wanted to go and coincide it so that people can kind of understand why I went and did the rebrand and why I did all that stuff. And, you know, it's a lot to kind of post on Instagram and everything like that. So I really wanted to to plan it accordingly. And I must say that I am drooling over this new site. It's so beautiful and very, very, very much aligned with what Amber's doing. Especially since when I first did Amber Hukari Creative and stuff like that, that was, I was so young at the time. And I feel like my website and kind of my branding really reflected that. Now I'm an old married lady who is like <laughs> planning next steps with like kids and all of that stuff. And I just really wanted my new brand to kind of look like a grown up. I was really, I was really excited that I was able to still utilize a lot of the brand photography that I had done before. There was a particular photo shoot that I did in Carlsbad um, last year that I was absolutely obsessed with how well the photos turned out. And they just they work perfectly with the new brand. I just really wanted things to be clean and a lot of neutrals. And it still has like some of my pops of blue because let's be real here, I'm obsessed. But I wanted to really (laughs) kind of tone some of that stuff down as well. And I really wanted to go and make sure that I was going and showcase kind of the elevated level of design that I've been doing um, over the past few years and just kind of, I mean, your website is your showpiece. And if you want to go and attract high-end clients, you have to have a high-end brand yourself. And it's like, that's what I tell every client that comes through and has issues with if they want to go and use some of the crazy fonts and like, oh, but I really like this crazy script font and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's not going to attract the person you want to go that is your demographic and your target audience. So I definitely took myself through a lot of those pieces and really kind of put those things on paper and made sure that the visuals really reflected that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm. Uh, it just makes me want to not do any client work and just work on my own brain. Taking a month off has been, <laughs> and then coronavirus hitting, it has definitely been a kind of a, <laughs> a slow start to the year. So like, unless you've got bajillions of dollars just sitting back and you like you are like you're an Amy Porterfield or a Jasmine star and you can take a month off and it not hurt your hurt your bank account cool do it but otherwise like maybe don't take a month off and do that (laughs) (laughs) I uh I redesigned my website over the Christmas break and I it's gorgeous too thank you so much I am constantly thinking about redesigning it and I I guess I would love to I know I would love to get your guys's actual legit advice on this I suffer from serial rebranding so what I define (laughs) that as is like I'm never satisfied with the way that my brand looks I'm super self-critical I'm always 
always going in and like changing and tweaking and like, you know, messing with my fonts. I've changed my fonts like a billion times. I'm doing all the things that I would never recommend my clients do just for like brand recognition and everything. So like, I guess like, what would you guys, (laughs) I need help, you know, like how do I break this cycle? This is now an intervention. I know, right? Like this, guys, (laughs) this is a real legitimate question. I'm not just saying this for the podcast. No. What do you guys think? Like, what would you like advise me to do? Because it's, I can't stop. Like, I can't. <laughs> do you have like a, like a five-year plan, like a 10-year plan? No. <laughs> Maybe start there. Yeah, I probably need to like, it's probably not the logo. It's probably like, I need to do some serious like soul searching with my business. And yeah, kind of maybe maybe you're the strategy. Yeah, maybe first. you're like dealing with whatever feeling and intuition you have by like tweaking the fonts when it's actually something else. That is so and- good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I honestly did the same thing too because I mean, I just like when I switched from WordPress to Show It, I kind of did that. I really kind of refined a lot of things. I kept a lot of the colors that I was currently using, but. I just tried to like up level a little bit and stuff. So I feel like once you finally find like I know you've mentioned you want to go and change the name of your business. So it's like, I feel like once you find that thing that actually is speaking to what you want to speak to, and when you finally do kind of settle on that and go and change the name of your business and everything, you're not going to want to keep rebranding or going and like keep changing things. And it's like, yeah, there's always going to be ways to go and incorporate kind of maybe some new templates or a new way to lay something out or just kind of play with things a little bit more or a new way to do a mock-up or something like that. But you'll still keep your branding the way it Mm. is. So especially if you're not happy with kind of your business name as it is, then (laughs) you're never going to really be happy with like, you'll like it. It'll be okay for now. But I mean, shoot, I like redid, I was redoing my website like every six months at one point just because I was, I was not happy with it. I was like, I don't like the quality of the work that's being shown. And that was one thing that I really took into consideration when building the new website now. Whereas before I would go and kind of, I felt like I needed to show a little bit of everything. Like if it was a corporate client, whether I liked it or not. I had to show it just because it was like, oh, look, I can do corporate design. I hate right. I hate corporate design. Right. Like people who use like Montserrat on everything. I'm like, why do you hate us? Like, why? <laughs> I feel that on such a deep level. <laughs> exactly. But it's like you, you don't really like think about that stuff and everything. But like when you're especially when you're really trying to build up your client base and all of that type of stuff, it sucks because you feel like you have to show everything. And this time when I went and redid mm-hmm. it, I like really sat down and was like, okay, do what would I want to showcase this? If I was looking at another designer or if I wanted to go and reach out to another brand designer and maybe work with them for them to do my own branding, because again, like it's terrible trying to design for yourself. People actually do that. That's actually a thing that people do very often. It's like way more common than you think it is. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I know. But, you know, that whole month off, my bank account was like, you can't afford another designer, boo-boo. You need to do it for yourself. Work from within. So, like, Um, but, but yeah, like, you have to, like, really kind of – you kind of have to really sit down and think about some of those things. And I really scaled back on the the work that I'm showcasing in the new website and really wanted to make sure that the stuff that was on there was stuff that I'm obsessed with myself. Like, the things that I tend to post more of on Instagram and kind of showcase more because I'm like, I don't really want to show 
showcase the one like because not every client is going to be a portfolio client. Some of them are because you got to pay your bills and you're going to do stuff that you don't really want to do and you're not going to enjoy and you just kind of are they're going to tell you what you want or what they want and you're going to do it and you're not going to like it and you're it's never going to see the light of day other than on their website. It's your name is not going to be on their footer like none of that stuff like don't don't ever know that I did this for you. This was literally just for the money. I think that's so important for people to hear seriously because like we have people talk in the Facebook group all the time like about is it okay to do this? Is it okay if I take on this project that I'm like, you know, not really excited about but I need to pay my bills. It's like, girl, like we're all business owners first, really. I mean, like we're creatives, but like, you know, you got to pay the bills. You have to do what you have to do. And I love that you said that you don't need to show everything. I think being selective about that for your site is one of the best things that you can do if you're going through a website redesign. Yeah. I think, I think as well, like, and I, I thought this too, where, you know, you hear from all sorts of media, you have to niche down and you have to like only say yes to things that like super excite you and this and that. And it's like, I don't think they're, uh, these people are telling the whole story because, you know, what part of your business are you in? Are you starting out or are you scaling? Like, do you already have all that money in your bank account so that you can say no to these other clients where you can do the work? The people are enjoyable and it's okay to say yes to these projects. You just don't have to put them in your portfolio or you don't have to show them on Instagram or anything like that. It is good business experience, if anything. Like, Yeah, and maybe, I, maybe they'll refer a client to you who is going to be a portfolio client, you know? Right, yeah. And I'm I'm in like, I love that we're having this conversation because I really relate to this right now. I've said this in like, I don't know, like 10 episodes ago <laughs> where I'm in this transition phase where I know I need to like refine my brand. I need to like fix up my portfolio. Everything's like a year outdated by now and I still haven't done it. I'm like the opposite of you guys. You guys are like, we need to change this now. And I'm like, oh, we need to change it, but not until it's perfect. <laughs> so you guys are really giving me that encouragement and inspiration to like go on and just do it. Because it is like seeing Amber's work and even, you know, Jen too, like seeing your guys' work and the kind of work that you're providing in your website, like speaks a lot to who you're talking to, despite like, if you didn't even read any of the copywriting, like you already know, like what your style is and who you cater to and what the industry that you specify in is. That's something that I'm trying to get into now. And I think a lot of people are going to find this very relevant too. I think there's this really fine line between what Giselle is talking about, like, you know, waiting until it's perfect, you know, just like obsessing over, you know, like all the little details, which I do too, like, and then just and not taking action on it. And then there's the other side of the spectrum, which is me, where I'm just like constantly just changing it and like not putting a lot of thought into it. And like, I I still want it to be perfect, but it's like, I'm just spinning my wheels and wasting my own time, I guess. So like, there's this sweet spot. And I think, Amber, you are doing it the right way. You're going about it in a really thoughtful, intentional way. You're going about it exactly the way that we take care of our clients. You know, Why is it so hard for us as designers to turn that inward and do that for ourselves? You know, like it's, it's nuts. <laughs> so what do you recommend for people that are, that think that they need to do a rebrand? Like, first of all, like, how do you assess that that's actually something that you need? And then going on with that, like, action plan. I actually have a really good blog post about this is like specifically kind of outlining how do you know that you need a rebrand? And like, 
some of the key things, your business has changed. You're, you're not happy with your visuals. You're attracting the wrong type of client that you want to work with. Your services have changed or you want to start offering some very, like some different services and everything like that. Maybe you don't want to just do branding. Maybe you want to do brand strategy now instead of actually doing the visuals. There's a lot of times where some of those things will come into play where it's just not going to make sense for you to have continue with the current brand that you've got. So you have to just kind of, take some of those things into consideration as brand designers, we already take our clients through this kind of process. So if we're familiar with that process for them, then we would go and be able to take ourselves, we should be able to, in theory, we should be able to take ourselves through that process. You know what I mean? Like separating ourselves and making ourselves a client and filling in that time. Like, oh, this is time for this kind of client, even though it's actually you, right? Yes, exactly. Like not skipping the brand strategy phase, which for me is so hard. I'm like, oh, I don't need that. I know my business. But like, no, <laughs> no, no, Jen, what are you doing? Go and start at the brand discovery, you know, like fill out a freaking questionnaire for yourself if that's what it takes, you know, like start and do the strategy stuff. I actually feel like that's a really good thing to do regardless, whether you're going through a brand design or a redesign or not, as brand designers, if we're asking our clients to go and fill out some of these questions and we've never done it ourselves, like how rude are we? So it's like, (laughs) that's the crit, like the most common feedback I get from every client is how difficult it is to sit down and really think about this stuff with all these questionnaires that we're sending. And I feel like whether people even know that it's time for a rebrand or not, like take it, do yourself and your clients a favor, put yourself in their shoes and just kind of go through the process. Because if anything, you're either going to one, discover that you also, it's time for a rebrand. Two, you may go and find spots where you can kind of streamline or refine your process. Or three, like you're just going to be able to relate to your clients a little bit more and just kind of help them through some of those hard questions. Like having to sit down and really think about like what your message and your mission is and like who you really want to cater to and work with. Like those are hard questions. And so Mm -hmm. if you've not, if you haven't done that, it kind of like puts you in a place where it's like, do you really have... Should you really be telling someone else to do this if you haven't done it yourself, you know? It's something that's hard to do on your own as well when it comes to the brand strategy because, you know, I have have like worksheets that I do with the client and I'm the facilitator, but if I'm doing it by myself, I can't facilitate myself because then I'll answer a question, but I won't be asking myself like, oh, why do you say that? Or, you know, like kind of digging deeper because I'm not an outsider looking in. I'm like looking in from my own little bubble. And that this is when it's really good to have like, if you have a team member with you doing it with you. Um, And if you're working on your own, like maybe having another brand designer friend, or maybe even just having someone in your target audience or, or a different friend that can provide that perspective for you where they're like, oh, you just said this, but that doesn't make sense. Like, can you explain it a bit better? Or can you dig deeper on this or that? And like having another person, that way you feel like you're actually moving forward and and giving out some really valuable answers for your brand strategy. When I work with clients, the fact that the client has to review my work really keeps me in check. It keeps me from just using a font because I like it, you know, because I'm like, they're going to ask me why I picked this and I better have a good answer because I'm a professional and I want, you know, I don't want my answers to be like, well, it's pretty because I always tell my clients it's not about being pretty. It's about being strategic. And, you know, I 
I need to have that, you know, same thing. So I, I, I love what Giselle said that, you know, you know, having that sounding board and that's someone who's not like your spouse who's not a designer because that's not helpful for me at least. Like my husband wouldn't know the difference between serif and sans serif font. Like bless his heart. He knows what he likes and sometimes, most of the time, he does not agree with me. So, but like, you know, our Facebook group or, you know, if you have a designer that you really admire, even just sending them a cold DM or a Facebook message or something being like, hey, I really admire your work. Would you just spare like just a minute to send me like a an audio message on, you know, with some feedback on this brand, like here, I like, I like sending people like the buzzwords or, you know, the brand words and then showing them the visuals and seeing like, Hey, do you think that this brand represents these words? Because that's what I'm going for. And if you're not getting those vibes, then like, I trust your opinion as a designer. And like, that's something that I need to take into account. I mean, I sent my web, like I sent my new website to Giselle and I sent it to people Mm -hmm. in a designer mastermind group that I went through. Like, I totally agree with that. Like, I was just like, and then I also sent it to a few people that aren't designers just to kind of get their feedback as well. But I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, your feedback's (laughs) nice, but I'm going to go and send it to someone who also knows what they're talking about too. So it's like, (laughs) I love hearing that you like it and you think it's pretty, but I also want to send it to other like brand designers and strategists who know what the heck is like all the work that would have gone into this as well and let me know did I do did I do a good job exactly can't just be anybody like you can't just be like hey mom can you you know do a brand strategy with me and then they're gonna be telling you well you shouldn't even be doing this you should be doing that I'm like that's not what we're talking about yes (laughs) and like a bunch of like personal laundry comes out (laughs) that's not gonna be very productive totally it's like when you show a client a mock-up of like you know what their business card could look like and they're totally focused on like the copy and you're like, no, oh. no, no, we're talking about fonts here. Like, just take stuff yeah. back. Like, <laughs> that is so, so they always calming. pick out something that's like totally unrelated to the task at hand. And like, it's because that they just don't know, you know, they that's why they yeah. hired us. It's, they can't you know, help it. They're like, oh, can you change this word to this thing? Is that, and it's like, girl, I can change a word to anything. Let's talk about the color, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually started sending clients stuff with just like just gray boxes and filler text so that they don't get distracted by visuals anymore because I was seeing mm-hmm. that happen so often where it was like, oh, but can we change like this photo here and blah, blah. I'm like, dude, it's a mock-up. Give me your copy. Yeah. <laughs> so now, inst- so that I don't ever have that issue anymore, they don't even see anything with like photos and copy until I have every asset and can actually go through. Because otherwise, when I'm trying to go and get copy from them, go and collect photography from them, etc., they get so held up on other things. And I'm like, nope, you get that in your revision round, make your notes, and we will go over it when it is that time. Right now, we are mm-hmm. on this phase. And if I don't go and keep you in this phase, then you're going to end up with 20 rounds of revision, and I'm going to want to jump off a bridge. So not. Yeah. Like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why having a process is so important. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's talk about what common mistakes you see people make when they rebrand. I think a big common mistake that I see when I see people rebrand is kind of what Giselle is doing and just waiting forever yeah. before they actually go 
and move forward with anything. Because you get into the kind of this like panic and standstill mode where it's like, oh, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. The end of the day, because I think a big thing that we all forget as well is at the end of the day, your brand is not just your logo. Your brand is your messaging. It's also your colors. It's also the photography. It's all of these things that come together that create your Mm -hmm. brand. And if you have to tweak your logo a little bit down the road, no one's going to, one, no one's going to notice anyways. And two, it's okay because you still have alternate logos that are within your full like brand foundation, like brand foundation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You don't just end up with one logo and one icon and that's it. And if you do do that, then you're kind of working with a crappy designer. And I really hope that it's like at the bot, like you're not paying a lot for that because you're definitely not getting what you're paying for. So it's like, that's like the big thing is like, going and getting in kind of that that scared moment of, oh, no, it has to be perfect. It has to be mm-hmm. perfect. It has to be perfect. At the end of the day, you are not going to go and make any money off this brand. You are not going to go and re- start attracting the clients you want to attract and go and start working with the people you want to work with if you're not sending it out into the world. So it's yep. like, yeah, it definitely, it's scary rebranding, especially like if people know these things and you're like, okay, well, this process that I'm going through, am I going to change my email? Do I have to reach out to every past client I have and go and update the footer on their sites and da 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 Like it's a lot to think about and it's a, it definitely can get a little overwhelming. But if you don't move forward and pull the trigger, I feel like most often you're never going to pull like move forward and pull the trigger. Like you can always tweak things a little bit as you go. And I mean really you probably should be tweaking a little like things a little bit as design trends and stuff change and update, right. but just you have to you have to take that first step. A hundred percent. I think the worst thing that people can do is to just not do anything. Like exactly what I'm doing right now, where I'm like, oh, you know, I was gonna do it in December, and then I'm gonna do it in January. It's February. It's March now, and I still haven't done it. And this is something that I'm always telling people: like, don't wait until it's perfect. Because I suffer from this so much, you guys. Like, I can't explain enough how much I suffer from this. And this is exactly like my point. And in addition to that, it's not just about like not making the money that you want to make. It's about losing these opportunities. And this is coming from a personal experience that just happened to me. So I'm trying to niche down into the outdoor industry, right? So um, if you look at my portfolio now, if by the time this airs and my portfolio is still the same, then I really, really suck. And you guys need to like get on my back in the <laughs> Facebook group. <laughs> but right now I have no outdoor work in my portfolio, even though I do, I have outdoor stuff like personally, like I just need to put that stuff out there online. And I responded to an RFP, a request for proposal for those of you who don't know. It's where a company will post a brief, like a creative brief of what they need and what their budget is and all of this and email your proposal to that person. And it's this big agency. And I sent out a proposal for $24,000 for this rebrand or sorry, this redesign on a website. And I was one of the two finalists and they ended up hiring somebody else, the other agency, because they specifically said that they had more experience with outdoor brands. And I had told myself if I, yeah, like I told myself, you know, by the end of January, I'm going to have my new brand ready to go so that I can like go full force in 2020. And I didn't do it. And that was the cost of that. I lost a $24,000 website. So learn from my mistake, guys. Don't do what I'm doing. And like 
the better better thing you can do is like Jen and I always say, clarity comes from imperfect action. It's better to just do things and like it doesn't matter how messy it is and imperfect. And I'm not the one to be saying this. Like I think Jen, you need to be the one saying this. But <laughs> yep. yeah, like just go go do things and find tweak and everything's a living design. Just think of it that way, right? Like your website's a living design, your yes. brand guidelines a living design. You just have to keep updating. I love what Amber said about the fact that your logo isn't the whole brand. And that's literally the biggest message that any brand designer puts out there into the world because that's what everyone thinks. Everyone thinks like logo design. It's like, and I I think taking that pressure off of yourself to find the perfect font or whatever, because like that's the type of stuff that I get wrapped up in and will just like turn my wheels on. It's like, like I mean, obviously you want it to be a great font and stuff, but like, you know, the logo isn't just the whole thing, you know, like it, it kind of just like takes the pressure off that one little thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a different part of the process that you get hung up on the mood board or the strategy words or, you know, the color palette or whatever it is. It's like those things, you can make small tweaks to them, just like Amber said. And so, I mean, of course, I'm just, this is coming from someone who like rebrands every three months. So like, don't do what I'm doing, guys. But, you know, I think that's important to remember. Is it like, it's not the end all be all. Like it's okay. You can make small tweaks. It's, you're not locking yourself in forever. Like that's, that's something that really scares me is like thinking of like, oh, I can't change it if I don't like it later, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing's permanent. And it's all a learning experience, whether you do something or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's it's a decision. That's something that's like really put me in check. I think I read it from, I mean, I'm sure there's like a bunch of quotes about it, but I was reading the Marie Forleo, Everything is Figure Outable book, uh, like the last few days of 2019. And one of the things she said was, you know, whether you decide to do something or you just don't do anything about it, it's still a decision you made. So you can't blame it on like, oh, I just didn't do anything about it. Like that's still a decision you made. I love it. No no, no regrets, right? <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Those tattoos. Does anyone get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The chest tattoo. People who misspell no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something my husband and I say all the time. We're like, no regrets. <laughs> oh my gosh. But oh, this has been so enlightening, Amber. Thank you so much for, for telling us all about your process. And I, for one, cannot wait to see your second. I'm going to make you send it to me after we get off so that I can see see it before it launches. I'm so excited for you. Um, And guys, by the time this launches, I'm pretty sure Amber's site's going to be live. So Amber, do you want to just kind of plug yourself a little bit? Tell um, our listeners where they can go and see your work and check you out, follow you on Instagram. Yes, definitely. So it'll be 111creativestudios.com, one spelled O-N-E, and then 11, the number 11. So definitely check it out. There's new services being offered, um, including brand photography and one-on-one services and consultations. And anyone who goes and reaches out um, after having listened to this podcast, um, they'll be given 20% off of any service that they choose. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Do you have the templates as well? I do. And I'm also actually working on the on some pre-made brand templates as well. So in addition to the brand website templates that I've been working on forever and have been guilty of doing the same thing that I'm just I want them to be perfect before I launch them. So I never ended up launching them with my last website and they are finally finally, finally done. I am actually working on pre-designed semi-custom brands as well. So that especially for clients that are kind of on the lower end budget, but really want to be able to work together, at least we can use those templates as a starting point. That's sweet. That's going to be awesome. 
Oh, I feel like I have so much to learn from you, Amber. I want to like have a strategy session with you like right now. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. that would be so fun. I actually (laughs) feel like that would be such a good idea to like take each other through each other's processes just to kind of get like one, you can either go and learn something that you're not doing and could be doing better or two, you could give feedback and be like, what if you tweaked this part of your process a little bit? Like, I think that that would be Mm -hmm. really fun to do, actually. Right. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, we were just talking about brand designers hiring other brand designers to do a rebrand. I mean, like tap into this, guys. Like this is a, I mean, just because, you know, Amber offers one-on-one services to people doesn't mean that like you can't be a brand designer to work with her, you know? Like I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of brand designers that don't really have a social media strategy or maybe they don't know anything about Pinterest or they like have they just kind of have some of these other things and it's like you can either do like a like an hourly one-on-one session or you can do day rates and stuff like that so i offer both of those options now awesome well i guess we have to wrap up i mean i would love to keep talking to you guys forever and ever um let's jump into our inbox question for today so natalia arisa gonzalez beautiful name by the way she asks it has been a little bit difficult to sell brand design at a fair price what is the key to demonstrate the value. Oh my goodness. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this and we probably should do a whole episode on this, you know, pitching brand design, explaining brand design to people. I think one of the key things to do that I do on my my strategy calls is really educating people on the individual deliverables of your packages, you know, like you can list them as many times as you want on your website. But until you go through and explain like, you need a primary logo because of this, you need a secondary logo because of this, this is what a logo mark is. No one knows what a logo mark is, you know, and then this is how you can use it. And if you want to supplement that with maybe a visual presentation from a previous client, maybe, you know, a conceptual project just to email them along with your proposal to show, hey, like, this is the value that I can provide. You you know, you're not just getting a logo. Look at all the strategy that I provide. Look, and, and of course, if it's in a visual format, you know, with your proposal, then I think that's a really valuable thing that you can kind of use to educate your, your potential client. Yeah. I also send blog posts that kind of talk about some of those things. I've definitely spent the last year kind of create like crafting my blogs to really answer some of the common questions that I get. Some of them are what is a logo mark? Like, why do I need it? Blah, blah, blah. And then some of them are like, what is brand strategy? How do I know I need a brand? Like just kind of all those different things. And so when you start, I feel like a lot of times when you start to go and include some of that information where it just kind of expands on some of those, some of those like deliverables and everything like that, it just kind of, it kind of clicks a little bit more. And then when you, especially if you've got testimonials from past clients that can show what the difference of like their ROI will be, it's like, oh, I spent $2,000 to go and get my brand redone. And then I ended up making that money back like five times over once my new brand launched. And also, if you can like have a conversation with them and ask them about their goals, like their three-year goal, their five-year goal, maybe even their 10-year goal. I need to get one of those. And aligning <laughs> aligning the value that it would provide for them to reach that goal. For example, if they say, you know, by five years from now, we want to have like a brick and mortar and we want to have this many employees and we want to have this much traffic. Then you can say, well, if you have a brand guide, a brand identity that's well established now with the brand guideline and this and that, 
then as you start growing and developing a team and this and that, you can easily delegate your marketing and your brand and keeping everything consistent so that it provides that trustworthiness and it builds up that reputation and like, you know, building up on that to eventually lead to and then by the time five years come, you will have this goal and it will be reached as long in terms of like the brand identity and what that can do for your business and like everything that it can take off of your plate as a business owner. Like giving them that value that doesn't have any like money attached to it, right? It's like, wow, how much would I love for that to be real? And like, well, you know, having this brand identity, like doing it right, it's going to help you get there. It's like sales 101, advertising 101. Like we're selling not just these tangible deliverables, deliverables to people, but we're selling this you know, what their business could be, you know, what their life could be like after they work with us, you know? And so if you kind of shift your focus, I know I said, you know, outline your deliverables, but like if if you need to like even push a little further than that, like move beyond that, paint them a picture. Giselle always talks about this with her retainer, you know, pitches, like tell them what it's going to look and feel like once they've, you know, gone through a rebrand with you. Maybe you include some of that in your copy in your website or if you work with a copywriter, they'll do that for you, you know, like that like people will shell out to have, you know, that like that next level of themselves. Everyone wants to be better. I mean, no pun intended, but like if it's if it's a difference between like, I'm going to give you a logo and you are going to feel like the professional that you've always wanted to feel, it's like, whoo, you know, like, how do you put a price on right. that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when you translate the design that you're giving them as something that you can't put a price on it, that's when you know you're doing a good job. It's like sales 101, right? Like you don't go to the gym to go work on their treadmill. You go to the gym to get that body that you've been, you know, thinking about that you're going to have one day. And like you guys were saying, you know, the clients don't know what a logo mark or these other things are. Like you can't just like try to sell the logo mark. You have to sell the idea of what it'll be like after they're done working with you. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Well, hopefully that helps. Yes. I wish we could talk for longer. I know. I know. We. I would. I would literally be on like an eight-hour podcast if that was a thing, and that would just not work <laughs> with my schedule. <laughs> but yes, Amber, thank you so much for coming on. I know we've thanked you before, but just we always love a chance to get to talk to you. We'll have to have you back for season three. <laughs> It'll be like a little step by step, like people can follow through your you know journey and everything. I really like that. Yeah, Amazing. it's so awesome. Thank you so much for being on again. Yes. You're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys all in the Facebook group. Amber is in the Facebook group as well. So if you have any questions for her, go ahead and tag her. Check out her new website. Go find her on social media. And we will see you guys in a future episode. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. There are so many amazing conversations happening inside our Facebook community. We'd love to hang out with you in there. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.